Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, DGen Nation? Tyler Tambaline here, bringing you another edition of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast without Kenny Kim this week. We're going switching off. I was off last week, got some hopefully good news coming down the pipeline. Not going to do much with it yet. I'll, I'll tease it here and then let you guys know, but definitely excited to get back into it. This week, we're going in for the Palmetto Championship. And with Kenny not being here, I had to bring back, we're going back-to-back bear off. My main guy, RB, Ryan Bearoff. What's happening, man? How you doing? Good, Tyler. Thanks for having me back. We missed you last week, but uh, yeah, let's get after it. Oh, definitely. I- I've missed you guys. And I'll tell you what, I know Kenny talked about it on the pod last week that he set the three man up with us. Of course, RB takes that down. And I got to give you some big props. And the reason you guys are going to want to tune in this week, not only for this part, but the whole show is because this is the Palmetto Championship. It's not one we've got a lot on. And if you look back to last week, Mr. Baroff, you were on fire. You, you know, told Kenny, you better take some Cantlay for sure. Got to go up to Morikawa. You liked him. Just going through this list. Anybody you took time out to mention, X. He said he said Bradley. You said Ricky Fowler. T11 versus a miscut. Uh, Keegan Fry, finally let people down. Uh, you had who else? Adam Scott. You said you got to get a nibble of him at 7,900. He's right up there. T16. And then you mentioned Gooch. And you even had a runoff on Antoine Rosner, who finished T18, had himself a nice week. So talk to me about your week. How did it go there? The last, uh, the Memorial, which was awesome and a lot more to get into in a second. But how was your week? Good. Yeah, week was solid overall. Um, unfortunately, I went uh, Woodland over Fowler in my single entry. Uh, also had had uh, Morikawa there and not Cantlay. So uh, it could have been better. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a really strong player pool. You know, I like that golf course a lot. Just I'm you know, I'm not going to call it course history, but I'll call it horses for courses and uh, course fit. But I think that's a really 
uh, easy course for us to predict in terms of, you know, strokes can tee to green ball strikers and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, Keegan was definitely disappointing. Woodland was definitely disappointing, but I just, um, I kind of went with the guys who, who have done well there historically. And it seemed to work really well, you know, Morikawa at the top, uh, he'd obviously won there. Cantley had won there before JT, uh, hadn't won there, but gotten close, had a ton of ROM as well, um, as, as uh, many people did, but I was at least, I think I was three X the field on, uh, ROM as well. So that the withdrawal was a little disappointing for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that in a second. I think, you know, I didn't get to get on the show here last week. I did my shows over at Roto Grinders, had a little bit going on last Monday. I apologize. But I do think one of the things I saw that, you know, a lot of courses were being compared and Torrey Pines back to the memorial. I mean, we already have, like you said, enough guys that have played it and, and stand out. But for me, what stood out and, and sure enough, here we are again. But I said the Cali kids, right? Mm -hmm. We had Bryson had won it before. Tiger himself is, is a Cali kid in his own right. He'd had plenty of success there. Even Fowler had done well there before, but then you had Cantlay, X, Morikawa, like all those guys lined up to me, even Homa. And sure enough, you got Morikawa, Cantlay at the top, Homa T6, X down in T11, like all these guys that have either from California or play well in California. Mm -hmm. And Rom, even that's been the story with him in the past. You know, where does he play his best golf in California? And, and sure enough, that's a, a good segue here. So we will talk a little bit about this Rom situation here, RB. I think obviously really tough situation, one that maybe, you know, you can go on for days and speculate about whatever, how it could have been handled, this, that, and the other. There's not too much I want to get into there on that. But, I mean, pretty tough when you got a guy six strokes up just running yep. away with this event. When you want to talk about DraftKings, he finished the week as the fourth highest scorer. And then, you know, I saw a guy this morning did my review on Roto Grinders of the tournament lineups and the winners. He had, like, I think it was the $200 single entry. He mm -hmm. was in the lineup that took it down. So what are your just overall thoughts on it and – Anything you want to bring to the table, by all means. I just know it can get pretty off the off the train, pretty off the rails there, pretty quick with this train. Yeah, no, no, we don't get political here. But yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, I mean, even when it happened, you know, I I figured there would be plenty of uh, GPPs where Rom would still be on the optimal because there was some chalk that missed the cut, and he had scored a ton considering how many birdies he had. He the hole in one had multiple birdie streaks and that sort of thing. Um, and I think, you know, with pricing and kind of the way that it felt, it was very easy for you to get like Rom plus Cantlay plus one more, even Rom Cantlay Morikawa. Like you saw that combination across a ton of lineups. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super unfortunate for him. I guess, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm glad it happened that day and not a day later. Cause then he'd be in jeopardy of missing the U S open. Um, I think he can resume now on, on, on Tuesday. So he'll get at least, you know, one and a half days of practice in at Tory, uh, assuming, you know, he's healthy and test negative, but, um, yeah, you know, on, on, on the vaccine stuff, you know, nothing to say other than, um, people have a lot going on, right. Rom, uh, recently married, he just had a kid. There's a lot of things that could be playing, uh, into that, uh, not to mention these, I mean, all these guys are young, right? Like he hasn't had the opportunity in the last eight months to be vaccine, right? Most of these guys in their twenties, they've maybe had a few weeks now, uh, mid April is when it kind of opened up to everybody. So, I mean, yeah, let's not blame John Rom or anything like that right now. Yeah. I can, couldn't agree more. I think you still opened it up too much RIP your mentions, but yeah, I think it's still uh, one of those topics people just love to talk about. And for me, it was more difficult to see. I was quite worried at the beginning when you sort of saw his reaction, like what did they, what, like what could have mm -hmm. happened here to tell him this and almost have him go down to the ground on one knee. And sure enough, quite the substantial blow there to take that hit and find that out and where you do it and what you do. There's all the stuff with the fans involved. So I think they did have to tell him yep. pretty quickly and not have him high five everyone on the way out. I thought, you know, it was interesting that he hit the hole in one. I think it was Rick Gaiman brought it up. He hit the hole in one and 
Colin Morikawa is seen in that video doing like a self high five where he didn't go up and actually give him props for it or anything. So I think mm-hmm. it maybe it was known that he was yeah, in the Ron protocol or he was in the contract. In the, yeah. Tracing. Yeah. They definitely knew. Um, yeah. And I think, uh, I think that was clear, but uh, yeah, just a, you know, a very tough situation overall, but uh, I think he's going to have uh, quite a trip on his shoulder when he gets to Torrey Pines. So <laughs> place that he knows all too well. And yeah. I'm excited for the U S open. Like I said, this is a tough one here at the Palmetto championship, but there's edges to be found. We expect to get there. Last thing I'll say, good segue here as well off of that is the one thing about Rom going out, unfortunate for him, unfortunate for everybody who played him. I get all that, but we got ourselves a pretty good finish. And this is where we'll round out sort of the, the recap mm-hmm. of the week. Morikawa can't lay. And I mentioned to you a little bit off air just before we hopped on here. I remember when it was like JT and can't lay mm-hmm. at the Memorial a couple of years back when can't ended up winning it. And I know it was him versus Adam Scott on Sunday. And that's kind of how it happened. And even Jack shook Adam Scott's hand and said, sorry, you ran into a buzzsaw there, man. But can't lay took it down. But I loved the two ball strikers, JT and, and can't lay back then going against each other, younger dudes, like a lot of competition and, and firepower there. And it was better than match play because it was stroke mm-hmm. play, but it was like it. So it was kind of, you know, you get that feeling. Yeah. And then we had the memorial or the work day at the, you know, this course where you had Cantlay and JT, obviously a playoff for the ages. What an incredible, you know, the 56 footer with the helicopter overhead view or the, the droid or whatever it was. And then you had the other way where Morikawa makes a 25 footer. You just don't see to keep it going and wins in three. And then you got this one. It was over pretty quick, mind you. But damn, two of the best ball strikers in the world that we pray that their yep. putter can be on at times. And then we get them heads up. What were your thoughts on that? So, yeah, I mean, Morikawa has, has said multiple times, like, he feels like uh, the way that he ball strikes, if he has a half-decent putting week, he's going to contend to win. And I think that's exactly what uh, Jack Nicklaus wants. It's exactly what this course brings out. I mean, all of those guys, even Rom, like, Rom's the type of guy that he's not known as, as a great iron player. He's still very good and obviously very elite off the tee, but he's, he's kind of the same. Like when he has a good putting week, he's going to be there. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just one of those courses. That's just really fun to watch because you see a, a, a huge gap between the guys at the top and bottom. Like there were guys shooting 80, right. Even guys like Matsuyama, right. Way over par on uh, the weekend. So it just, um, it's a fun course to watch. Lots of birdies out there, obviously multiple hole in ones this week, Eagles birdie streak. So just a really good golf course. Yeah. It, uh, any thoughts on this last piece as well? One thing you brought up there with Matsuyama that reminded me, and we'll, it'll be a good mix to go over here to the. Sorry, the I didn't mean to bring winner. up Matsuyama again, that guy, man. No, he's brutal. And Killer. I had to play him. He was under 10K. But if you looked, I don't know if you saw this, he scored very well for, for being eight over. Like he got like mm-hmm. 58 DraftKings points. And I think Louis came T18 with 60. And it just goes to show, you know, it's always about the DraftKings scoring. He had a streak mm-hmm. in there and Eagle and whatnot. But my question to you, one thing on that, RB, is if you know, look at the scoring and is it what you expected? Because I don't think that's what everyone expected going in. Like, Rom was going to set the record for this place. No, I, mean, I think where it finished is where I expected to finish. Uh, okay. But, yeah, Rom was doing something completely insane. He would have gotten to 20 <laughs> under, 21 under. Uh, but I expected, you know, 12 or 13 was going to kind of be the number there. Yeah, DJ at Northern Trust type thing, right, with him just blowing the field away and getting the 30 under whatever. That's kind of what Rom was doing in in this type of setting at this course. But yeah, Matsuyama did still score well for his finishing position, but I thought Mm -hmm. finishing position would be a lot more. Uh, We'll hop over though. Let's go through the listener league. We can bring up more stuff as we go throughout. Like I said, this week is a big field, but it's one of those ones, a lot of DFS darlings, but Hey, we got our guy, man. If you guys aren't on Twitter and know Stewie, Stewie1963, love this guy, man. He gives love to everybody in the industry. He retweets quote tweets, everything you can imagine out there for anybody's content. And he took this thing down 
here, Ryan. He had 486. The next closest was 462. And Stewie's lineup was Cantley, Reed, speaking of Louie, Lowry, Homa, and Merritt. And I actually really like this lineup. But what, what are your thoughts on that build overall? Um, yeah, I thought it was solid. I, I, I think really the only guy there that I wasn't on last week was Louie, mostly uh, ownership play. But uh, as you know, I did have uh, Merritt in, in my single entry team as well mm-hmm. and in, in the three-man with you and Kenny. Um, yeah, but a really solid team. I think Patrick Reed was definitely um, a pretty solid contrarian play with kind of everybody doing the Cantley thing and the Xander thing and maybe Finau and Matsuyama as well. So uh, always good to see Stewie win. He's been on a roll too. I've seen at least a couple of outrights over the last month or so. So uh, keep up the good work, Stewie. Yeah, love to see that, Stewie. We'll get you in. It's going to be a four-man this week. We'll bring RB back, of course, for filling in again and pinch hitting. We appreciate that. And then we'll get Kenny in there, too. Just had a little bit of work stuff this week. It's a tight schedule, and I got a lot going on as well. So I uh, appreciate you filling in here, Ryan. This is going to be awesome to hop into it here. Talk to me about this course. We'll go, We'll move right into it here, I guess. Normally, Kenny does the preview. You guys can always go and check that out. He puts it out every week, tweets out the link and everything there. But where are you at with this course? You know, what are you seeing? What are you looking for? And any comparables that you have out there, anything can help. But I've, I've heard of a few different names so far. Yeah, you know, I, so I don't mind these weak fields. I think there's a lot of kind of things you can exploit because there's going to be some uh, very, very heavy chalk. Mm-hmm. Um, I think by, I think by default, people are going to play Brooks and DJ. And I, I don't necessarily want to go that direction. I'll you know, we can talk about that kind of uh, one decision point later, but um, yeah, you know, I'm going to be, I guess, just leaning really heavily on, on, on overall form. Um, not because not looking too much at stats. I will say, I mean, this seems like the type of course where you're really just going to be looking at kind of all around T to green. Uh, I, I do think you'll have to drive the ball really, really well here. Um, it seems like the greens, uh, the green complexes are very difficult. So, so if you are missing greens, you know, having a good short game is going to be important um, on the scorecard, at least, you know, it's exceptionally long, a 7,600 yard par 71. I would imagine it's not going to play that long, um, but it has a lot of the same characteristics as, as like the Florida courses did, right. Pretty flat, pretty Sandy, uh, lots of waste areas um, and uh, stuff like that. So I guess, you know, if you're looking at comps, maybe look at concession, um, in terms of how the course is going to play, of course, that was a WGC field and 99% of those guys aren't here, but that may give you an idea of kind of how the course might play. Yeah. I like that call. Actually, I've, you know, I've heard a little bit of rumblings around that. So that makes some sense to me. Like you said, I do agree with you on a, from the strategy side of things, I'll spend a minute on that here in a second. Just like you mentioned the DJ Brooks factor, uh, as far as the other goes too, keep in mind, guys, definitely pay attention, follow Rob Bolton or whatever you want to do to catch up on the withdrawals. Obviously, one thing I didn't bring up, the elephant in the room today is the longest day in golf, right? Everyone's uh, out qualifying for the U.S. Open. We've mm-hmm. already had a few guys drop from this field, uh, more than a few, actually. Yeah. And it does continue to get worse. Do you have any strategy, Ryan, for, you know, fields like this? I call mm-hmm. them weaker fields, but I mean, just it is what it is. It is a weaker field. I know they're all professional golfers and we like a lot of them and we'll be able to make a narrative around a bunch if we wanted, but what do you have any strategy when you're building your lineups, like your 150 MME that you'll bring on or bring into the mix that you usually don't when it comes to an event of this strength where it's not strong at all, I should say. No, I mean, I think once the field is, is uh, finalized, um, I think I'll definitely make some uh, kind of last cuts based on that. I don't, I think at the top, you know, I, I never like targeting guys the uh, week before a major. So you know, if I can help it, I'm probably not going to play much of like the Brooks and the DJs and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. there's a, 
I mean, there's a number of guys who have already pulled out that I thought were going to be very popular, you know, Stanley and Siwoo Kim and Hoffman and Grace and Willett and all those guys. Um, and there's definitely more that I'm targeting um, that I'm still kind of watching now who are in position where they will likely qualify. And I think anybody who is playing uh, 36 holes today and uh, does qualify will probably not come down to uh, Congaree. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think you're 100% right on that. I think one of the things that stands out to me, and it's a good segue here, we're just going to jump right into the top with DJ down to Hatton, is that Mm -hmm. what I do at some of these weaker fields, and we've had it a few times, the best example I can think of is the Rocket Mortgage Classic, Mm -hmm. where Bryson won over Wolf. And what ends up happening is nobody wants to pay 10-4 for Matt Fitzpatrick. I'll I'll definitely (laughs) hear from you in a second about that one. And I, by the way, played too much of him last week. I I know you kind of liked him. It made sense from a a, a, a course perspective and sort mm-hmm. of horses for course, but in the end, he didn't come through. So it's just one of those things. And probably because he have, it has an F in his name. So it's Patrick <laughs> Fleetwood, Fowler, Finau, frauds, the Fs, they all, right. all go together, guys, right? So yeah. they never show up for you when you need them. But uh, that's just a side note. But what ends up happening, I find in these events bear off is that these guys will, they, they get, everyone just goes to DJ and Brooks, whether mm-hmm. they're using them in a lineup together or not, that's yeah. to be determined, but it just naturally goes that way. And then if those two don't come through, the balanced lineups that are out there. But what I like to do is maybe mix up 30 out of my 150 or something. And I mm-hmm. might just put a cap of 49 K or cap it at 49, mm-hmm. five, not leave 49, five as my most I can leave on the table, leave that yep. as the max I can play on the table and let some of those lineups just shake out where I don't get screwed. If the entire top fails. And I remember it from the rocket mortgage. Cause it was basically like Bryson and yep. one other guy in the top nine golfers that made the cut. And so it was like those lineups and then Wolf is what you needed. And, and you were pinned into one corner if mm-hmm. you want any chance of taking down a tournament. So anything on that that you're thinking or does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, I, I I think it's pretty viable. You know, I was, uh, yeah, I, I was about field average on, on Fitz last week. I, I thought he was a good fit. But again, mostly every single one of my teams, for the most part, had had, had three guys over 9K. So I, I just didn't end up with a lot of him. Um, I think it's a great bounce back candidate. I think you'll see him, you know, 8 to 10% owned this week, most likely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of, of, uh, leaving the salary, I definitely think that's viable here. I, I would not expect, you know, a maxed out lineup, uh, winning GPPs this week. Uh, and I also don't think there's, you know, a, a, a huge discrepancy between 8k guys and like 9k guys. And like, we can talk about that, but like, is Pat and Kazire any better than like Varner and Kisner and Vate? I mean, no, they're really about the same. And he's, you know, $800 more. So um, I definitely think you can get away with probably leaving at least four or five, $600 on the table this week. Yeah, I'm totally cool with that. I think that's just one thing I thought I'd bring up. But yeah, let's hop right into it here. I mean, very first looky from mm-hmm. my perspective, like you could see what's out there and you could pick your guys. And that's what we'll do as we go through where we're feeling it right now. But mm-hmm. I thought the, the Fitz play is very intriguing to me just because yeah, he, he didn't do his thing last week. Maybe it's because this time around, he didn't have bones on the bag. If you remember back to the Memorial when he mm-hmm. late top five, it was also, I didn't get to talk about this last week's show. So it's the last thing I'll say, but if you remember, you and I were texting back and forth. It was when Finau and Willett cost me 50,000 in the hundred dollar stinger because Norlander yep. could not miss from 20 feet and 15 feet that day. And it was just one of those things. And then Fitzpatrick came out of the blue and, and made his thing happen. But that was a, a little bit annoying. I tried to make up for it last week and it didn't happen, but I think going back to him here could be interesting. He is much better golfer than a lot in the field. I, I don't, like you said, there's not a huge difference between him and some of those guys up there, but at the yep. same time, if you think about the overall field, I definitely think he's a much better golfer than some. Uh, I would lean DJ 
more than Brooks. I mean, Brooks is still hanging out, doing his thing. Michelob commercials. I know you and Kenny talked about some of it last week. It just kept going on between him and Bryson. But mm. uh, any any other thoughts at the top here from Hatton up to DJ? Where are you at with these guys? Yeah, you know, I I guess just to finish up on, on, on Fitz real quick, you know, it's 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 tough. He has been uh, still pretty good overall, but the irons are gone. And um, they were bad again last week. Again, a much weaker field that we have this week. But he's gained off the tee 11 of the last 12 events. His short game has been pretty good overall, uh, gaining more times than not. So I feel like he's, you know, he's not far off. And if you're going to get him in a weak field, on a course that probably suits him decently well. And I will say he does rate out really well for what I'm looking for. Um, I guess when I look at, you know, longer courses and par fours and stuff like that, he, he seems to rate pretty well. Um, I had originally thought, thought that I would prefer Hatton to him, but I, I think I would lean Fitz over Hatton. Okay. Um, and then, you know, of the top two guys, you know, I, I don't have a ton of interest in, in either. Uh, Brooks obviously has, has much better form than DJ does coming to uh, DJ's home state, which always, you know, I'll give him a little bit there. Um, I just, uh, I'm going to see how my lineup shake out. I would say if I play one of them overweight, it's going to be whichever one is lower owned and it's probably going to be DJ. Yeah, that's kind of where my head was at. I do like the narrative of sort of being in his home state and trying to show up before a major. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we see this every time. I know we can't write the, the storybook, but he comes out, does well here, and then everyone hops back on for a major D major DJ's back, and then he disappoints us next week. I can mm -hmm. just see it now, but I, yeah, I do I mean, feel pretty good. A, a long U.S. Open on POA. Like, people are going to be looking for a reason to play DJ, and um, he's not going to be the most popular. You know, I would assume Rom is going to be and probably the most expensive as well. So, like, if DJ does well this week, we could see another situation where he's, you know, 20, 25% on next week at Tory. Yeah, he becomes Rory at the PGA right after he gets his W there the week yeah. before at the Wells Fargo or whatever, two, two weeks before, whatever it was. So, mm -hmm. I think that is exactly what we could see happen with DJ here. We'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. I like your call. I was going to say, what about the other Englishman? right below Fitz and you already talked on that. So that's good. That's kind of my same sentiment there. I do like, like I said, I like Hatton always, but uh, I like yeah. Fitz in this spot for a good bounce back. And I don't mm -hmm. think many are going to go there at 10, four. They just can't imagine paying that price for him. What about hopping into this next range? feels like a smaller nine K range than normal because mm -hmm. of kind of what we had last week, but uh, you know, Harris English down to, a one Garrick Higo who you can talk all about, I'm sure. And, you know, I saw Mayo tweeted out today, put some respect on his name. They <laughs> did the, the books got him there at a pretty, pretty decent number that you're not going to want to go after too much or, or feel too good about betting that number. But mm -hmm. uh, what are your thoughts on him and the rest of this range? Yeah, it's tough. You know, again, all these guys um, probably, you know, decent fits overall, but uh, just not playable at the price. You know, Harris English is not playable at the price. Uh, M is not playable at the price. I do have some interest in uh, Fleetwood and Poulter, I think. Um, probably Fleetwood more so than Poulter. Um, he, again, he showed up on, on both, you know, long courses, um, that I was looking at, um, uh, par four efficiency and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would say, yeah, Fleetwood is one for me here. Poulter is two, uh, Pat Gazire, you know, rates out really well, but I'm just not paying 9,100 for Pat Gazire. Um, he came back to earth last week with the miscut. Um, and then Higo, yeah, look, I mean, exceptional ball striker, obviously played pretty well at, uh, Kiowa, uh, barring one bad round. Um, I just, yeah, it, it's just a very aggressive price for somebody who is unproven over here. Yeah. Two, what, what is it? Two wins in his last few events. Over yeah. Yeah. Three wins overall, but yeah, back, um, yeah. Uh, a couple wins on the Canary islands, but yeah, I mean, look, yeah. he's a great ball striker, uh, and actually, you know, a very streaky putter, but he can be a good putter. 
I would worry about his uh, short game here. And just again, you know, it's a weak field, but it's a stronger field than kind of he's used to seeing. Yeah, the guys I was leaning to here. So I know you mentioned it's a little bit for it's a little bit for all these guys. They're going to have to figure that out. That's the price. But I didn't mind Sung JM. I always like him a little bit for that. I know his game can be very spotty at times, but I think this yeah. is a week you're taking chances anyway. But I was with you on Fleetwood. I know I just gave the whole fraud speech on the F names, <laughs> but I do think when you think about it, like you said, and even can go back as you know, as far as majors that he played at, there was U.S. Opens that he contended at. There's Opens, you know, he he can find his way into different styles of golf courses and just come out and put on a show. At times, we've been waiting for that. We still haven't really seen it too often, but I do think this course could and should set up well for him. So I have no problem with him at 9,500 dropping down. Uh, we are liking these Englishmen a little bit, right? He's a, a cheaper version of Fitzpatrick, so mm -hmm. you could definitely go down to that. Poulter, I could see for the around the green game. And then I'm not big on they won in Europe a bunch. So the Higo thing, and then same with the Kazire chalk week, it looks like we're leaning into here from everything I've read and seen so far. I don't know if I'll be in love with that at 9,100, but there certainly is no denying he has been playing a better game out there. So excited mm. to see how this range shakes out, but this is the one here where we start to get into our darlings, right? This is all the DFS darlings, this 8k range, starting with doc Redman. At the bottom, yep. people play Johnny Vegas. My guy, STL Cards over at Roto Grinders, just loves him. And I should, this is a good time to mention that. Our podcast, presented and sponsored by rotogrinders.com. Head on over there, get yourself 10% off your first month using promo code DGEN. It's a good way to get started, get over there and see all the stuff I'm doing over at Roto Grinders. But back to the plays here, Noto, Keith Mitchell, 8,800. Lucas Glover week, I read today, I believe he's a member of this course. So he's going to know the most about it of anybody, apparently at, at 8,600 uh, HV three, we all love at 8,500. And then I know you got to like some sneds, some sneds action at 8,400. So what are your thoughts on this range? Yeah. I mean, really this whole range. And uh, I think, I think I I'm going to live and die here. It's uh, going to be tough to make cuts. I would actually say Snedeker is probably not one of my favorites just because how, how big the golf course is. And he's been a little bit up and down. Um, and not that again, I, I don't like him, but I think, I like Glover better. I like Vegas better. Uh, the one, well, I guess a couple of guys that I certainly won't play here are going to be Pan and Knox. Um, I think just, just wait to, I mean, I played a ton of Knox last week, but he was, you know, still in minimum. Um, I think just not the right course for them um, and not the right course fit. So I think I would knock them out first and foremost. Um, probably not a lot of love for Doc Redmond, but again, like you give me guys who are kind of from South Carolina, play to Clemson, you know, I will probably play some. Um, but yeah, for me, this is all about Glover number one. Um, probably Mitchell number two. I I, I do expect him to be popular. Um, and then I'm gonna have to have a a very deep conversation about Alex Noren at some point. Yes. Uh, and, and so I mean not a guy that I play, certainly not a guy that I typically play for this price. And I do think he's gonna garner some ownership. Um, but he's been solid. I mean just He's kind of gaining strokes all across the board. Nothing flashy, but he's just there. And certainly the type of guy who can me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Probably put it together for four rounds, so I'll think about Noren quite a bit. Yeah, I actually really like him. And so here's the thing this was my pitch last week on the Wednesday show. 
Uh, we didn't spend a lot of time on Stanley, and I know he's withdrew here, so we don't have to mm-hmm. go back into that. But uh, you know, from the game theory and all that. But I, I made a pretty good pitch, I think, to Cards last Wednesday on the Roto Grinders lineup HQ show of ending your lineups with Norin at sixty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. And he kind of came through like he didn't have a bad week. I just think, you know, that was, I was saying like, he's still a great golfer that you can round out with at 6,800. And I know you got to find 700 bucks from Stanley to do it, but I just, that, yeah. to me, that made a lot of sense. And so I kind of liked that mm-hmm. setup. He finished T13. It was a good all around week, tough track. And now he comes out here and just looks ridiculously overpriced. But yeah. is he, like you said, when you've got like Knox went up from 6,100 to 8,200, it's the same increase mm-hmm. of $2,100. Yeah, I mean, I think with Norin, I mean, he's he's certainly been been gaining a ton of strokes putting. But like when I look at it, right? So uh, last week he gained in all four categories. At the PGA, he gained around the green and off the tee. Byron Nelson, he gained in three categories. He's made a bunch of cuts in a row. Like he's shown the upside. I just think you know, I I think he's very safe here where he's going to make the cut, and he definitely has some upside. So. Yeah, I do. I do like that for sure. Any thoughts on Keith Mitchell? I know there's been Bermuda blanketed front to back here. They've talked about it. Uh, he's the Bermuda King, right? So what, what's your thoughts with Keith Mitchell, Mitchell? rates I've- out exceptionally well. I, I, uh, I'm not holding Charles Schwab against him. Uh, okay. I don't think that's a very good course fit for him, right? It's, I mean, not a place where you can hit a lot of drivers. You have to be much more accurate. Um, he's not a Texas guy by any means. So right. uh, I'm definitely... And again, that was Ben Grass, not Bermuda. So I think there's a lot of things about Schwab that you can throw out. If not for Schwab, he would probably be one of the most popular plays of the week. So I will see where the ownership shakes out. But I, I do have a lot of interest in Keith Mitchell, and I already bet him this morning. Okay, I was going to ask. I, th- I said I think his number is good on, in the books, and I also like for what you're getting for this field. And before the Schwab, and like I'm glad you brought that up because it wasn't really necessarily the best fit for him. He was on a little bit of a mini tear there, where he yeah. was kind of back a little bit, if you will. So I, I don't like, I don't mind. Sorry, going back to that. Norin, I like Glover. I, I'm good with, like I said, I know he's going to get popular, but I think he's another, still a good player. Yeah, uh, Glover, by the way, he's another Clemson guy, right? So, yeah, you know, that too. I forgot too. Angle. And uh, I think it's Fantasy Golf Pod, the good guys over there that they mm-hmm. usually put out their Clemson connections for an event like this. So I'm sure they'll throw that out. You guys can follow them on Twitter and check that out. I always get a good read out of those, th- those things they post, and you can get all the narrative street you want for the week. But uh, two more guys, I guess I'm with you on Redmond a little bit down there. Same reason. And, and sure. And he can pop at any time. And this would be the type of field you'd see him win, right? It's a much weaker mm-hmm. field. There's a possibility. I don't not say it's going to happen. I just think that's the interesting one. But the two guys in the middle here that when I read about this this morning, one of the things I kept reading was sort of the creativeness and what you could do with this course and how you mm-hmm. could just be a little bit creative. And these might shock you. But I, you mentioned Snedeker. I just think he has a way of doing it. It's, he doesn't always do it the right way, but he could do it, right? I think he can be sort of that thoughtful golfer out there and find his way around. I'm with you on everything you said on him, but I do think uh, it would be, it wouldn't shock me, let's just say, in a field this week where he finds a way mm-hmm. to get it going. And at 8,400, it's not like you're paying an arm and a leg. You're just, you're overpaying maybe a little bit, but not really for this field. So I like yeah. that. And even I think of HV3 that way in some cases as well. Just some of the stuff you'll say, like, oh, I didn't know he was decent out of the bunker at times, or, you know, you see his around the green game come to light and things like that. And I always, you know, got a little bit of a soft spot for him anyway, but I just think there's, these are the guys that I could see show up here and it mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me in the least. Yeah, for sure. I think, again, I'm, I'm going to live in this range. I think there's a ton of opportunity. So just uh, no pan, no knocks, but I got nothing bad to say. I do think Kevin Kisner is going to go very, very overlooked this week. Yep. Um, he was always chalk at Schwab, but not this year because he'd been playing so bad, but he definitely showed some stuff. Um, he, uh, he really struggled with the irons, but he gained off the tee. He gained around the route um, and, and putting. And I think, you know, 
with Kevin Kisner, the Irons can come back and he's coming to a course where he, he definitely is one of the guys who said, you know, he's been out here before he's played here a number of times, also a South Carolina guy. Yep. And I think, you know, when chalk is going to be pretty prevalent in this range, you may get Kisner at 5% owned or 4% owned or something like that. And I think if that's the case, certainly a guy who I plan to be overweight on. Yeah, I'm sold. Uh, I like that <laughs> one. I, I really, no, I do. I, I, cause I was yeah. with you. Like I'm not in on pan and Knox and some of these guys in here. So mm -hmm. when you hear that, and like, I, like I said, I'm looking for creative cases around guys like HV three and Snedeker, but I actually do like that call on kids and Hey, maybe he sees he's boys with, you know what? He always stays at the Airbnbs with Ricky and JT and those guys when they go out to these events and stuff. And so yep. maybe he was just hanging with Ricky for too long, but now Ricky's bouncing back Got the old swing going a little bit. Yeah, by the way, Kisner gained, so at the Schwab, he gained five strokes short game, but also gained five strokes off the tee and lost six approach. Like when has Kevin Kisner ever lost six strokes approach in an event, uh, especially at one that, you know, he's won before. So I think that can uh, kind of uh, rebound pretty quickly. And again, you know, he's going to be very low owned. So yeah, let's rip off. Some yeah, no. And I like that. I mean, back to my thought process a little bit on the creative side of things. I don't think the short game is a fluke. We know he's got that in the bag. So uh, when he can come around with that here too, I think that's going to be helpful. And like I said, South Carolina, he's all 60 the to one too, by the way, I'm, yeah. I'm considering that uh, also. So. I wish he was that at my book, yeah. 25, but yeah, no, that's good. I'll look for that afterwards and get another <laughs> one on the go. I've got others, but we'll, uh, we'll keep it going here just so we can move through it. Jumping down to this 7,900, we'll go down to, let's say 7,500, sort mm -hmm. of the EVR. Bo Hogue, I think I saw today uh, qualified. For oh the US yeah. Open. And yeah, I liked him last think... week too at 6,300. I was making a sales pitch for him and he played some pretty good golf. So I'm glad he ran it up here today. Yeah. I mean, home course for him. Um, so uh, last week, you know, obviously uh, uh, from Columbus, went to Ohio State. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, not surprised that he played well last week. Certainly not surprised that he qualified there today as well. Um, but, yeah, the, the uh, name of the game here is, is really going to be watching those qualifiers because we already lost Danny Willett. Um, a couple of my other uh, favorite plays here um, are also on the cusp of qualifying. I'm just watching that now. Martin Laird. Um, uh, was playing pretty well. Uh, RCB was playing pretty well in the qualifier, as was Ben Martin. So uh, you may lose all three of those. Actually, EVR as well, since you mentioned him. He qualified did, today. Didn't post and qualify today? I think I saw in yeah. Columbus as well, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't play that guy, but... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, oh, no, you're talking about just well. the guys you like, but just to your point, yeah, so, yeah, this so is I mean, like a range in, full of guys that are likely to get out pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Poston, Hogue, EVR, Martin, Laird, Bayo, all guys who I definitely would have considered this week um, that you could see them all withdraw or see some of them withdraw. So just have to look out for that. But uh, one guy who, who didn't qualify, who I like quite a bit, is Luke List. Um, I will definitely be overweight again on, on list. I think he's, he's priced appropriately again, where he's not going to be mega shock. Um, and again, and he just, he just rates out really well across the board. He, he also showed up in terms of, um, uh, long courses, uh, par four efficiency, especially in that range. Um, he showed up very highly on proximity 200 yards plus, And I think you'll have quite a bit of that this week. So yeah, fire up some Luke list again. Yeah, actually, it's funny you said that. That was one of the bets that I did make. I, I know mm -hmm. you might have got a better number. I got him at 80, but the thing for me was Laird, Neesmith, all these guys were at the same number. And mm -hmm. I was like, I actually like List a lot more. And we've seen List do some things in bigger tournaments, but he's won Corn Ferry Tour, right? So I mm -hmm. think, like, you look at that, that's the type of field that we're looking at here, and it keeps getting worse. And if this entire range bows out, we're going to see Luke List Chalk Week, but we'll have to wait and see how that all shakes out. I mean, there wasn't too many other guys for me in here. Uh, Vincent Whaley 
you want free money again? I know you said like, it's, you know, a spot there, but he was the $6,200 golfer just two weeks ago, running it in off eight straight made cuts with T36 or better gets the T21 when he's the $6,200, 12% owned. Mm -hmm. uh, any thoughts at 7,700 on him? No thoughts. Play Vincent Whaley. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, I think he's, point. yeah, I think he easily, you know, he could have been 8,200 this week and not bad. And I probably not a guy who I would consider for an outright, probably even a top 10, but right. a top 20 or something like that. And uh, he's just, again, he, he's been very consistent. Like he uh, he's, he's a strong ball striker. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes and, and he scores pretty well. Like the guy makes birdies. So. Yeah. And when, again, we're getting back to a regular size field here as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, definitely tougher to get those six to sixes, And that's why, like, I think a play like him, even though he may get ownership, you say, I'll back to Whaley again. It's kind of like you can get away with it more because that made cut is more important mm -hmm. when we're going to have a six to six week. That's lower versus the last couple of weeks. We've had these one twenty man ish invitationals sure. and you've, you've got more six to six lineups to compete with and contend. Yep. And you're already forcing yourself into builds like others. And that's where the game theory conversation around a guy like Kyle Stanley came into play. It was just, he was a thousand bucks underpriced and it mm -hmm. ended up, still being solid. So I, I like your call here, everything that you went with there. If we hop down, because we may be forced to go down in this range instead, as we see what happens here with this field, but there's a lot of guys from 7,000 up to mm -hmm. 7,500 who are maybe three or four that stand out to you. And then I'll, I'll give my follow-up thoughts. Oh yeah. This is a bunch of trash to say the least. Um, I don't. So I think the one guy who, who I'm actually excited to play uh, is down at the bottom there, Roger Sloan. Um, he definitely rates out pretty well in terms of uh, kind of the longer courses, par four efficiency. Uh, he seems to score a lot. The model likes James Hahn, but I'm not super sold on that. Um, I think the only other two guys that I would consider here are uh, Burgoon and Rogers. Rogers did qualify today. So I, I, I would not be surprised if, if he pulled out, I'm sure he's extremely excited to get back to California where he's from. Uh, for a major. So I would expect him to probably withdraw. So I guess that leaves Bragoon. So Bragoon, Han, who I don't really like, and uh, Roger Sloan. Okay. I can't hate on all that. I talked about Bo Hogue earlier. Like I said, if he doesn't pull out, I kind of still like him. He's playing some really good golf. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's going to be tough to say there what happens. I think guys that are, you know, interesting a little bit, Wierenski, Taylor, like you could play these guys. I'm not excited about it. Uh, going down, I, I like your call on Bragoon. Mm -hmm. He stood out to me. I liked Brian Stewart a little bit, you know, approach can come into play, but Stewart then qualified today, just so you know, also. did as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say. It's just all these guys we got to be careful with here because of that. Yep. But uh, Roger Sloan, the Canadian kid as well. I like him. Mm -hmm. He's not really a kid anymore. He's the same age as me, but uh, I, I do like him. And he's kind of like a cheaper Vincent Whaley. Mm -hmm. If you go look at all their tournaments together, they're almost always doing the same thing on the leaderboard in the same spot. I was going to ask you here about Davis Thompson. Mm -hmm. Heard a little conversation around him today. What, what do you know? What are your thoughts? Anything there with Davis Thompson? No, I mean, don't know much. Again, uh, I think, you know, um, always happy to uh, uh, kind of get ahead of the curve on these young guys. Um, I believe he went to Georgia, so we'll be very comfortable in, in uh, this part of the country. Um, the few stats that we have on him seem pretty good. That's um, what I saw. Yeah. But uh, I don't, yeah, I am not one who usually plays uh, guys like that, but uh it's a crap field. So really play whoever you want, you know? Yeah. What about we, now we can get into that, you know, area and people might call where the crap guys are at 6,900 and below. Yep. What about John pack right out of the gate, man? Yeah. That's your be... guy, right? I, I think course, he's a little man. bit, I think he's a little bit overpriced this week, but um, obviously, you know, has had a great year and, and uh, well, I guess we'll see him on, on the corn Ferry tour next year, but um, 
Yeah, I think there's a lot here. I just think you have to not uh, not go uh, really heavy on on uh, anyone here. A couple guys that I am uh, definitely going to play. You know, number one at the top of that list is going to be uh, Lebiota. He's been very sneaky, uh, very consistent. Um, he's going to put a a good four rounds together at some point. You know, he kind of has these uh, weeks where he's got a great short game or his irons are great and he's like in the top 10 for a while and then he finishes 40th. Um, I think he has a lot of upside for that price. So he's definitely one that I'm interested in. Um, uh, who else? Was uh, Robbie Shelton. He did qualify today or, or was Saw that. Uh, uh, close at least. So maybe not, but I do like Robbie Shelton. Um, and the model likes Kevin Chappell. I don't, you know, I got to look into that, but I mean, Chapel obviously is a guy who has uh, been pretty good historically on, on, on longer golf courses. Um, he's been known as, you know, a great iron player, but he's actually very long off the tee as well. So um, I don't expect anybody to play him. So there's Chapel. Did uh, I saw some stuff. Did Chapel win? I forget which event it was that he won that uh, crushed me, but it was, was it the St. Jude one time? He won Valero. Valero, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say because there was something I saw today that someone talked about. And I couldn't remember what it was, but that was the that was where he won. For sure. Yeah, you know, he hasn't played much. He's been pretty bad. He did uh, was borderline top ten at the Honda, so I guess the form isn't that far away. Um, but uh, yeah, it just seems like you know, I think you wouldn't bat an eye if he was like mid sevens, right? And now he's kind of mid sixes, so I think it's a pretty good price for him. Yeah, I, I kind of liked uh, Revi. I think I saw he qualified too today, though. He was the medalist or yeah, he was crushing it. I would definitely uh, expect Chez not to be here. He yeah. again is a West coast guy. I'll be happy to get back out there. So, and I think it was like the craziest scorecard of all time. They showed it. It was somewhere. Someone posted on Twitter and it was like, uh, somehow he had like 11 birdies and still was only at a certain number. He still, I think made it in though. So that's going to be tough to go back to. I like, uh, I like your call there with Lebiota. I was like playing a little Hank. He's cheap enough. You know, he's not going too low. Mm-hmm. I could get up behind that chapel call. I'll go with it. I kind of like Chase Seifert. Yep. I always like him when he's cheap and you, you know, FSU connection with Brooksy up at the top. Yes. I called him Brooksy. So we'll, we'll get that thing rolling there. $6,500 chase Seifert. I think I could play some of him. Uh, I'll play some of these other guys if I get random with it, but I like, uh, you know, Peter Malnati, our guy, Michael mm-hmm. Glidgick, we, another Canadian, but a guy we talk about sometimes. I don't know if it's the best course fit. So I may not get too crazy. I'm sort of with you there. I don't want to get too aggressive down in this range but i definitely think there is some possibilities that these guys will pop and and you'll have to have them yeah yeah i i do think there's a big difference this week between the sixes and and the seven so i'm going to stay up there uh in the sevens as much as i possibly can um i think one name that that kind of stood out to me the stats really aren't there you never know what to expect but he's i mean made a couple cuts in a row sean o'hare um i don't know but you know, he's made a couple cuts in a row by Nelson and then Memorial. Um, he's down all, I mean, all the way low sixes and seems like uh, a decent guy who can make the cut here and kind of run out some lineups. So, uh, but definitely mostly staying in the eights and sevens this week. I don't know if this is true on that, but Kenny said it like a few weeks ago, and this is where he had his back-to-back good weeks, but I think isn't, he said Sean O'Hare in Texas is a thing. And now, uh, Yeah, been pretty good there. Um, I believe he is one in Texas, but definitely is a guy who we've targeted there before. Uh, good win player, good tough course player, played well at uh, Valspar as well historically. So, yeah, good see it. La- last guy I was trying to see here, my namesake, Tyler McCumber. <laughs> but what about this guy? He, he pops every now and again, too, and I just feel like it's cheap for him, but it's like mm-hmm. – He'll be like leading a tournament or like in the top yeah. five or something. He's not there anymore when it's all, all said and done, of course. But no, uh, my concern with McCumber is is his weakness is putting and short game. And I 
I just feel like that's going to be important here, not just for scrambling, but like if this course for whatever reason plays really easy and you have to make a bunch of birdies and stuff, I don't really see him doing that. Like where he's been good, like when you look at here and also kind of Corn Ferry Tour are, are like those kind of weaker, uh, easier uh, island type courses. So um, yeah, probably not for me. Okay. So that, that's the other guy I was going to ask you on was him versus Johnny question mark, John, huh? Cause he hasn't done much either in a while, but he's also a guy that typically was making cuts for you until recently. So I wonder if it's completely gone or if you have any thoughts there. Yeah. Don't, I uh, don't really play him, but yeah, he definitely seems to uh, uh, be at a Valley right now, not a peak. So um, yeah. I think, you know, for a while there, he was overperforming. He made a handful of cuts in a row um, and people were playing him, which is weird because he really wasn't even on my radar and then I was seeing him like 12 and 15% owned and some stuff, but um, yeah, not much interest there, but uh, McCumber is, is uh, cheaper. Right. And yeah. uh, probably has a little bit more boomer bust upside. So sure. Why not? I do like that. And I like his first name. It's pretty strong. So <laughs> yeah. Ha hashtag by the floor on a guy like uh, Johnny Ho, but it's not one I'm excited about. I think, like you said, that's kind of the Valley that we're in right now. Anybody else you want to talk about in this field or want to move to betting? No, I, I will say one guy that I missed, uh, in the sevens that I will be playing. I probably don't have to say this is Sepp Straka, uh, uh, rates out really, really well. You know, the form has been kind of up and down, but, uh, really good, you know, um, at that, uh, kind of longer par fours, uh, proximity 200 plus. And, uh, I mean, also went to Georgia. So again, we're in the right part of the country here. Straka also seems to have, have really uh, improved his putting in, kind of over the last year, kind of like what we've seen with other ball strikers, right? We've seen it with Neiman. He's really improved the putting. We've seen it with Jason Kokrak, who is a good putter now. We've seen it with Corey Connors. And yeah. so I think, you know, Straka kind of falls in that mold, you know, big hitter, kind of really good ball striker that like, if he can have a couple of good rounds with a putter, like he can contend. So. Yeah. I don't have to get talked into Seb Straka. That's a great call. And like you said, sometimes these guys just get better and show up. And I think Kokrak's happens, right? top 10 in short game putting this year, if I remember correctly. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of crazy. And that's exactly why he's been as good as he's been. Took, took the resurgent speed down like it was nothing when everyone wrote off Kokrak that Sunday. So that was nice to that see. That was I such an infuriating round. I had, you know, I've been kind of uh, messing with my, uh, uh, my MME strategy and I did lock speed that week and ironically had, had zero percent Kokrax. It was just a brutal Sunday. Um, just a massive shift there, but yeah, I, I think Kokrax is great. You know, I said it, I hope he makes the Ryder cup team probably needs to win one more time or have a good major or something like that, but he deserves to be on that team. Yeah. It's so hard to imagine what that's going to be like. I heard you guys talk about it there last week. Yeah. The, that locker room is just getting pretty intense because there's some guys that will just have to be on the team and who knows, could see something crazy where they, you know, they don't mm -hmm. go or something. Who know, I don't know how serious it is. It seems like it's not going to be that level, but who knows it's golf. Things are getting crazier by the day out there. It's a, a wild year, but it's a lot of fun. And that's why we mm -hmm. love doing this. Any, uh, anything on bets this week that you've got, I really don't have much. Mm -hmm. I bet list at 80 and I got that with the top five each way. And then I think because it could be a situation almost like with your Hoffman last week where I just bet him and then fade him. And that's Lucas Glover with the <laughs> stupid narrative before anybody else maybe hopped on, but I don't know, 45 is what I got on that. So that's the only two I've put up so far. Yeah, no, I'm going to live in that range. Um, I did bet Glover Mitchell Vegas. Those are the three that I hit. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm going to consider Kevin Kisner. Um, and uh, I'll think about list. I haven't gotten there yet. Um, probably not a guy who I would bet to win anyways, maybe, you know, a top 10, top 20 bet, but if the number drifts a little bit and, and he still looks good in about uh, 48 hours, I may take a crack at that one, but um, yeah, Glover, 
uh, Mitchell and uh, Vegas for me. What was the Vegas take? I might've missed. I know we glazed over that area there, but what, what was the Vegas take here? So, so I mean, I would say a couple of things, you know, Vegas, uh, a ball striking has been great, right? Uh, he did not play well at the Schwab again, not a course that I would expect him to play well at per se. So I'm going to kind of overlook that, but I mean, just been great ball striking, um, really good off the tee, which I think is going to be key here as well. Makes a lot of birdies has done well in kind of weaker fields. You know, um, I saw maybe it was Mayo talking about it. I don't know if it's a, a Fazio thing, um, but uh, Punta Cana is designed by Fazio as well. And definitely yeah. the type of course where we bet Vegas and he's kind of played well at that event and at Puerto Rico. So if that's the, uh, the flavor you're going for, uh, plus a good ball striker, I think, you know, Vegas makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and he's sitting in the range of like Whaley, Pan, and Knox, who we said, you know, Whaley's in, but he's not going to win. So, but uh, yeah, I could see Vegas contending there and get him with a top five each way or something. I'll, I'll tell you on that one. That's I always like to grab one off you on each show here. So we'll do it that way. Uh, one and done. Anything going on? I know for a long time there, you and I were chatting, and I know you did message me yesterday about the Morikawa Cantley situation. I'm not sure how yep. it really panned out for you there it doesn't sound it sounds like you had the more cow aside from i did yeah again but uh the start of the season you were on an absolute tear of second places and then kind of went away a little bit i think you you mm-hmm. fizzled off a bit but how, how are you sitting now and what what's the story oh yeah i, I mean pretty similar definitely fizzled off a bit I'm, I'm probably still in the top uh i don't know 150 200 uh as as usual i i uh, messed up the studs so had uh <laughs> web at the players where he missed had JT at the Masters where he stunk and then had Rom at Quail where he missed uh, instead of taking Rory, which was a freaking layup. Um, but yeah, uh, Morikawa last week again. So lots of runner ups. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do this week. Um, I guess I haven't thought about it very much, but probably just going to take one of those mid-tier guys. Um, you know, I, 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 I hate to take bad players in uh, one and done, but I, I don't really want to use the stud here. Um, but maybe I could just take Hatton or something because I'm not really saving him for anything. Um, okay. so it's, it's, it's probably going to be either Hatton or, um, or Glover for me this week. Okay. I was going to ask that. Cause I got, I just pulled mine up as we were doing this here and I've got Hatton and him mm-hmm. is kind of the only guys at the top that I've got left. And I kind of like that, but then there's Kisner, like you said, I might just, uh, you know, you really did sell me on him. So I might come around. I think there's options like that it's like you said too though there's nothing worse than messing up a stud so yeah i could see if you had dj or brooks left here why you'd want to go with them because the field's mm-hmm. so bad but it's if you get them wrong and at this place mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna hurt double right oh yeah no for sure i think so and 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 yeah i mean not a big prize pool not a week where they're probably necessarily focused here um yeah i do like the kisner thing i think it's gonna be one of those situations where like he contends and then on on the weekend, everyone looks back and like, yeah, why don't we play Kevin Kisner? He's from South Carolina. He plays well here. Um, yeah. That, that is exactly what just happened with Cantlay. I know he got a little ownership, but there was, you know, still lower in that range, to be honest, from some of the other stuff that was there. And when you look back, it was like, no, it didn't have anything to do with the form and the previous win. It was just, you know, when he was back there, he said it right in his interview when it ended, like it's Jack's place, man. I feel real good here. I've won here. I've, you know, known Jack for 10 years. He's helped me out with things. It's just mm-hmm. getting back here is what helped him snap back into it. And he just started making putts. And if, like I said, guys like him, Morikawa, JT, if they're making putts, it's pretty much all over for the field, good game field, because they just, they go on to win. They're so good. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to look for these signs. Like with Cantlay, he, he showed really good ball striking at uh, the PGA, right? The iron play was great. He was pretty solid off the tee. And so even though he had gone a few months really playing like crap, I think when it comes to form, like 
you have to discount that a little bit with the studs because they can find it anytime. And the fact that he showed good ball striking for that week and then was going to a course that he loved. I, I just think it made a lot of sense. And I, you know, I wish I played more. I was definitely overweight on Cantley, but um, yeah, swapped off him in uh, single entry stuff. Yeah, no, I like it, man. That, that was good. And, and you and Kenny last week, just going through it. I remember you were just telling him, Hey, you got to get back on Cantley here. And I don't know what he ended up doing exactly, but I think that was still a, a great call and a good spot yeah. to be in. It obviously worked out for him. He said like, he didn't even know how he won the thing, basically just the way it works sometimes. And it happens. So good yep. for him. Uh, thanks so much again, man. Really appreciate you, you stepping it, in and helping us out. Let the people know where they can find you and what else you got going on here in the world of golf. And then I'll take us home. Yep. Sure. Sounds good. So uh, as always, our bear 427 on Twitter, Golflandia podcast with Wiley. Uh, we are going to skip this week on, on our podcast. I think he was uh, traveling back from Canada and um, I guess we didn't have a lot of takes to fire off for Congaree. So we'll be back for the U S open. Very excited about that next week. Yeah, I got, we got uh, Wiley hopped on a show with us at over at Rotogrinders a, mm -hmm. a few weeks back, and it was so much fun, man, just getting the four-man booth going and getting his takes in there too. So a lot of fun. I know you guys already probably all listen to that podcast, but if you don't, it's not just about golf. It's Golflandia. Yeah, there's so many elements to it that you can have. Wiley's a great dude. I love having your takes on there as well. And we get some Euro stuff mixed in when it's on. Didn't go that route this week, but we'll, we've got future shows coming up. Hopefully, we don't need you to step in again next week. We got the, the band back together, but it was a pleasure having you on, man. So Thanks again for that. You guys know where you can find me on Twitter at Toteg and Tambo. Hit me up there if you have any questions. DMs are open. You can find me there. And then at rotogrinders.com. Mentioned it earlier, rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. You can hop on over there. I've got the Tuesday night show with cards and Noto. A lot going on there. Wednesday night, I'm always joined by a guest. We go through lineup HQ, break down the pool, the ownership, some of the game theory perspective, just what people are actually doing this week based on now having the latest up-to-date ownership projections and then go from there. Other than that, let's win some motherfucking money. DGen Nation. In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.